This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to Required Listening. I'm your host, Scott Goldman, Artistic Director of the Grammy Museum. Each week in the Clive Davis Theater, I've got the opportunity to speak to artists from across the musical spectrum about their careers, their struggles, their inspiration, and their creative process. Now, I am a very lucky guy, as are the 200 people that get to join me at the Grammy Museum. But now, with required listening, I'm thrilled to share these remarkable interviews with you. On today's episode, my conversation with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member Jeff Lynne. With a career that extends back to the 1960s, his resume is truly astounding. Founding member of Electric Light Orchestra, founding member of the Travelin' Wilburys, multi-platinum and Grammy-winning producer. Jeff Lynne is one of the most successful artists and producers in modern music. Yet with all that success... He has to be the most humble superstar I've ever encountered. We got together following a screening of the ELO concert film Wembley or Bust. I think you'll hear how his affable and self-deprecating persona belies his gifts as a supremely talented songwriter and producer. But when you hear him talk about his reverence for his musical heroes, Del Shannon and Roy Orbison, you begin to understand the depth of his commitment to music and what that commitment means to him personally. We'll also discuss the current iteration of ELO, playing sold-out shows around the world, and what it feels like to see multiple generations of fans enjoying his music. So let's go to the Clive Davis Theater and listen to my conversation with Jeff Lynne. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the sole producer and songwriter of ELO, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member, Jeff Lynne. Scott. Hello, hello, one, two, one, two. There hey, there we are. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, by the way. It's a, it's a great pleasure to have you all here. 
It is. It's great to have you here. I know, I thought that was Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't really. I've been here before. Um, but I just was, it was just so nice to hear it sounding good in a, in a yeah, theatre like mean, this. When, when you see it, what, what do you think? Oh, well, I think what a load of work that was. <laughs> it really was, because, you know, it's, it's like... It's the first time I've ever played for two hours, for a start. And that is a long squawk for me, because I usually give in about one and a half hours. I go, enough. No. My throat's going to clap yeah. in a minute. You know, <laughs> no more. Um, but I just carried on, because I knew it was one and only time we'd ever play in a giant place like that and film it at once. Yeah, so we needed the film of all those songs, which is 23, by the way. Well done for sitting through it all. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, Mike, I mean, it, um, it's, it's an amazing catalogue of songs. It's just... Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And by, and by the way, um, how, how, did you, how long did it take to assemble that band? That was quite... That's quite a band. <laughs> It's a wonderful band, and I love them. I love them to bits, every one of them. I think they're great guys. There's one guy missing out of, out of the band at the moment, and that's Richard Tandy. Richard Tandy, yeah. Who wasn't well, but he will be well for the next tour when we come back to America. Well, that's great. Yeah. And, and we'd love to hear that there's a next tour. Yeah, which that, will be That's next pretty year. exciting. Yeah, I know, it's absolutely amazing. I, I thought I'd pack that in, but obviously I haven't. Yeah. Well, and this all... <laughs> And, and this all kind of started, this, this um, um, revitalization, resurgence of ELO, 2014 in Hyde Park. Yes. What, what inspired well, that show? Well, the thing is, I'd done a little documentary, which was called Mr. Blue Mr. Sky. Mr. Blue Sky, which you came and, and we showed it here. Yeah, we showed it here. Yeah. And that's what started it. And then suddenly the BBC got on and said... How'd you like to play a concert in Hyde Park, you know, top of the bill, which was 50,000 people? Yeah. And I thought, well, nah. <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> you know, I I'm thought, yes, of that. course, I'd love to. And, um, and that's how that happened. And it, that was a marvellous thing, because I was so worried about that, because that was the first big proper show for many, many years, you know, well, 30 years, actually. <laughs> but, but don't mention it. Um, on the resume. Um, it's actually, it's, it's very strange to be doing this film here now again, because when I looked at it, I thought the group is, was totally brilliant and I love them all, I really do. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. Were you concerned in, in, in Hyde Park that, that, that maybe the, the, the fans wouldn't be there? Was, was, was there a, a nervousness about that? Yes. I thought there'd be nobody there, and I kept saying to my manager, Craig, um, you know, what if there's nobody left when we get on? You know, because we last on. A big, long day full of music, you know, like probably, I don't know, eight hours of it or something. And we're on last, so by the time it gets dark, yeah. and I thought, oh, God, I hope there's somebody still here. And I, and I climbed up these ladders <laughs> to the stage, and it was packed to the... You know, the whole park yeah. was packed. Oh, 50,000 people. So I went, well, maybe they do like it, this music. After yeah. All. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's very hard to know. When you're a songwriter of all the songs, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to know who likes what and, and, and how it goes. But most people tell me they, that they like it very much. So that, that's always a great thing. 
and it keeps me going. And I'm writing a new album at the moment. Even better. And I'm seven songs better. in. So thank you. And I, I hope you'll like it when you hear it. <laughs> better wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> In the, in the early days, in the very early days of, of ELO, how did you describe the band? If somebody asked you, yeah, yeah, you're in, you're in this band, what do, what, what do they do? What, how early do you want? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, very early, it was, like a, it was like a shambles, really. Yeah, yeah. People falling over and stuff, and, and wires all wrapping around people's necks. And, <laughs> and Marching around with cello cellos. spikes, yeah. throwing them into people's chests. It was a horrible experience. I hated that first trip. <laughs> and, and, and I have to ask you, although I think I know the answer, how did, how did those early shows sound? <laughs> <Crap>. <laughs> because there was... No, honestly, there's a reason why. It wasn't anything to do with the guys or the people who were playing it. It was because there was no technology in 1972 to, to mic up or to amplify violins and cellos and stuff like that. There just weren't anything. And suddenly this pickup came out that strapped onto the violin itself, onto mm. the bridge and onto the cello. And suddenly you could hear them. Instead of this feedback, what we used to get all the time, it's like, here we go, 105 Red Overture. Boo! <laughs> Great, what do you think? <laughs> Lovely, thank you. Uh, once the pickups came along, it became a lot of fun, and, and you could actually hear the people play. And then we went, hang on, which was worse, the duh, or, the, <laughs> or what they were playing? <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, everybody, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I read, you, you've talked about Evil Woman as being a song where you, you, you kind of learned, you learned about songwriting and production, writing that song, recording that song. Well. What I did learn was that I could actually write a song in six minutes. And I didn't know I could do that before. I'd never tried. Because uh, yeah. I'd sent the rest of the group out. Because I was one short uh, on the... Um, Face the Music. Face the Music album. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I knew it was something like that. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, I was one. I, I, really, I thought I hadn't got a, I haven't got a proper hit single on here, you know, yet. And yeah. I'm going to make one up now. So you go up it, you know, down the shops or whatever. In Germany, this is in Munich. And uh, they came back, and luckily I got this song within six minutes, and it was like "Evil Woman." So I was, Phew, that'll do. I, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> and we made the record like that afternoon, and. Um, a few overdubs later, you know, another session, put, some, put the strings on and all that, and then I'd put the vocals on. And uh, it was shocking to me because I, that I did it in six minutes. And yeah. The actual main theme of, and everything was done. Done. Yeah. Has that happened since? No. <laughs> 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 Wish it would. Bloody but, hell. Yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're glad it happened that time. That, yeah, uh, that's no, true. No, no doubt. Can, who, growing up, who were your songwriting heroes? Who were your, your, who'd you listen to and think that that's what I want to do? Well, basically it was, it was Roy Orbison and Del Shannon and the early Beatles. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I used to love most yeah. of all. I think looking at it now, Roy Orbison was probably the greatest talent that I ever heard of, you know, ever, and even now I listen to some of his stuff. I, I always listen to his stuff. I can like binge listen to Roy Orbison for like days on end, <laughs> and just go, "Oh, did you hear that bit then?" 
you know, it's just magnificent. It's just beautiful beyond belief. Um, Del, I loved from the first record I ever loved was Runaway. And my dad actually splashed out for the ticket because six and sixpence, which is six shillings and sixpence in old money, which is now like about threepence sapney in old money. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, whatever it is, it was, you know, it's like dirt cheap nowadays, but it was really expensive in those days. I went to see Del live and it yeah. just blew my mind because it was just so fantastic and mm. handsome and lovely moe suit. And his voice was like, whoa, strident. It was in this tiny place called Birmingham Town Hall, which held 900 people. Hey, but, but, the, but speaking of Del Shannon and, and Roy Orbison, to a certain degree, their, their music was, it was almost plaintive. It was... Yeah. Um, they were both plaintive, and that's yes. why I loved them so much. Yeah. Because I think that's what comes over in my music a little bit, the, the sort of painful part of stuff. Right. You know, like... You know where's she gone or what? Yeah, because I listen to that and then I listen to "Can't Get It Out of My Head" and it's there's 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 the same thing going on there. There is a little bit of yeah. loneliness and uh, you know it's just what you can write about. Yeah, you know, I can't write usually write jolly songs. I, I, now and again I come up with one, but they're usually like a bit sort of grim or, yeah. or like yeah. the, the other... something terrible happened. In the second chorus. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I found fascinating is, um, so in the in, you know in the seventies, disco was in its in its glory, um, and and you have you have praised disco. You have come to praise. I love disco. disco. I love it. I always have loved it ever since I heard that first bang 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 bang, and I realised wow. You just keep the bangs and then just fill the holes in with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. I mean, Shine Little Love is the perfect example right there. Yeah, yeah. And Last Straight to London. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed doing disco. But you found I the places to fill in mm -hmm. in, in, in disco that, that kind of brought it over to, to rock audiences. Yeah, I think it did. And which is very lucky in a way, but... I just enjoyed that beat and I just loved just that strictness of it. Mm. So I could, you can bend it either side of it, you know, but, you know, it just gives you that freedom to, to go out on a limb with that steady beat underneath. That's my excuse anyway. And, and, <laughs> and in the, you know, by, by the time in the, in the later 70s, you guys, are, you guys are playing big buildings. You're, you're, you're out, this is, this is one of the bigger tours around and you got that giant spaceship thing. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> I believe it got scrapped in a shipyard in East Anglia. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it was like the biggest thing ever. And what are you going to do with it when you're fed up with it? Well, if you had hung on to it, we could have done an exhibit here around. Oh, you could. You'd have to build a bigger building. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that, actually. It was just kind of funny. Um, did it ever malfunction? Did the thing ever, yeah, like, go yeah, wrong? Yeah, always. <laughs> Like it had, like, it would all be underneath it to start with. Yeah. And we'd all be waiting there, you know, anticipating this lift that's going to go up. We're standing on our lift. We have our own lift each. And some of them don't move. They just stay there like dead weight. <laughs> and so if it's your one that's doing that, you jump on one that's going on, going up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Quick as you can. And then 
And then one night, maybe two nights, that somebody, the lift has gone up to as far as the stage floor, and they got their head sticking out. And going, you bastards, bastards! And they got really mad. They're really angry about. It. <laughs> it was hilarious, but you know, and we're all going, oh, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> too bad for you. No, I, I refuse to remember who it was. <laughs> Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. So the, I, I want to ask you about the song Don't, Don't Bring Me Down because first song without strings. And, and I'm wondering, did, it, did, the, did the novelty of the strings kind of wear off? Oh, After big one. time, yeah. I, I used to, it started out where like, oh, it's string day today. So we got the orchestra in for like two sessions of three hours each, which used to go, I used to go, oh, fantastic. Finally nail these and get them beautiful. And, and then like a few albums later, like two or three albums later, it's like, oh, it's string day today. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any more bleeding strings on anything, you know. I'm fed up with them now. But, you know, Don't want to deal with those guys. But Well, because they were all unionised and yeah. they would not play past a minute past what they were playing. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're at the end of a song, they'll, they'll just stop playing and put the stuff away. <laughs> and there's one minute to go on the song. And they go, oh, hang on, if you want us to play for that other minute, then you've got to play us for another session. So it wasn't very pleasant at all. Yeah. It was just nasty. It, you didn't feel nice with him because you felt, ugh, I don't want to do this really, but I'll have to pay another session fee for, the, for like 30 musicians just to play one minute. So they weren't very nice. I'm talking about 40-odd years ago. Uh, they're not like that now, I'm sure, because 
the string synths are really good now. <laughs> so it's one guy in the corner yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a synth. Well, we got, we got three real strings in our group, of course, as well. Yes, yes. Um, the, the film clearly shows, and, and one of the great things about the film, besides the fact that it's shot so well and it just looks great and sounds great, but the audience, multiple generations, young folks who clearly, and don't take this the wrong way, were I'm not born. I'm already. Were not, it the wrong way, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to leave now. Um, now were argue. not born when your first hit came out, and yet they are singing they every are. word. Because they've been force-fed it by their parents, <laughs> haven't they? And, which I love, because how else are you going to spread it to everybody, you know? And, and when, they, when you see them on the film, and the, and the kids are singing, and they're happy to be singing it. Yes. It just makes you feel really good, you know, because uh, when you're a songwriter, that's what you want to do. You're trying to connect with as many people as possible to try and have them enjoy that moment, you know. And if they do, it's wonderful. If they don't, then hard luck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we have to talk about the, the physical place, Wembley, because that, that, that really means something. People in the United States may not, may not be as aware. But Wembley Stadium is, it's, yeah. it's the Yankee Stadium it is. of, a, of the UK. It's an icon, you know, and yeah. that is like a real big one because the football, you know, the soccer in England, that's where they play all the very important games. And so from, from a kid growing up, Wembley is like the home of like, oh, your favorite fantasies and everything, yeah. you know, football-wise and music-wise because they've been having concerts there for many, many years as well. And did so you go see shows there by any chance? I actually played in one on, a, uh -huh. on a, um, you know, way down the list of yeah. like a couple of acts down. Yeah. So I just did a couple of numbers on there. But uh -huh. I've never been, you know, the, the group that went on to be top of the bill. Yeah, yeah. Except till that film what you just saw. So that was, yeah, and that know, turned, waited it, a while for it. Yeah, and it turned out pretty well. Um, <laughs> when, when, when you, Dissolved ELO in, in 1986 or so. Did you plan to go into production? Did you plan? Oh, absolutely. I you did? I didn't want to play anymore with the group as it was. Um, it just wasn't... I wasn't enjoying myself in it. And then mm -hmm. when George Harrison asked me if I would like to work on him, work with him, not, not work on him. <laughs> <laughs> that was later. <laughs> Cheeky thing. Um, <laughs> no, worked with him on his album, on a, on a new album he wanted to make. Um, Dave Edmonds told me that at dinner one night. And he said, oh, by the way, uh, George asked me if, he, if you'd like to work on him, work with him on his new album. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, you're kidding, really? And I said, that's good. And he, he said, yep. And um, he's asked me to take you around to his house tomorrow. And I go, okay then, let's do it. And I went around in Dave's car and he dropped me off there. I went in to George's house, which is like this giant palace, you know, beautiful, unbelievable thing. And I was frightened to go in really because I wasn't Winston Churchill or something. <laughs> 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 
I didn't know how to handle it. But um, anyway, so I went in there and Olivia said, oh, he's down by the lake. He's, he's going to give you a, a boat ride. <laughs> and I thought, great, that'd be good. Anyway, I went down to the lake and there he was, the real George, there he was, just standing there going, hey, I'm going to take you on a boat ride, but we're going into some tunnels. So what? don't put your hands outside the boat. Just leave your hands inside and grip with your bum. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what happened. You have to learn how to grip with your bum. And that's something I learned before I even started recording with him. <laughs> <laughs> Things you learn from a beetle. It's fantastic. From the um, best. Only from the best. Only, only from the best. But uh, speaking of producing, I read a quote of yours where you said it wasn't, it wasn't like you imagined. How, how, how so? How, how, did, how, how did producing turn out for you? What, what, why wasn't it like you imagined it would be? You mean producing in general? Yeah, producing, yeah, yeah. That, producing that, that production was not as you imagined it would be. I suppose... I must have meant that it wasn't as hard as I thought it would have been. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'd, I'd been doing it for so many years before that. And I know how to produce myself, my own records, but I'd never tried producing somebody else's. So that was the hard bit. It was like, oh, I bet it's ever so hard doing that. Because yeah. you've got to please all these other people as well as yourself. Yeah. But it turned out that, that it worked out that everybody enjoyed what I did, so... Wonderful. Yeah, great. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
you mentioned uh, George Harrison, but you know, ultimately, you got to work with Roy Orbison and, and Bob oh. Dylan, and these are, you know, these you've said th these are your heroes. And and I'm wondering, as you're doing that, did you occasionally have to kind of turn off the the fan in you, like, oh my God, I'm working with George Harrison and Roy Orbison? How did well, you it do was that? pretty amazing. I must I must admit, you know, the first Wilbury session was like uh, we, we're all there except Bob. Yeah. So Tom's there, I'm there, yeah. Roy's there, Georgie's there. And then we're sitting around the table with all our guitars ready to go. And we go, oh, Bob's late, isn't he? <laughs> 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 so we're going, I wonder if he's coming? No, of course he's coming. And it, of course he came. And we wrote this wonderful song. George had already written it, actually, half of it. And we finished it off in Bob Dylan's garage. There's not many people can say that. They produce a record in Bob Dylan's garage. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, uh, and, and fair warning, I'm going to ask for a couple questions from the house here in a minute, but um, I have to ask you about Tom Petty. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Tom. Yeah. And, Tom and was the coolest guy yeah. I've ever known. He really was. He was just cool, personified, and what a terrible loss. I yeah. just seen him play at the... At the ball. At the Hollywood Bowl, about like four nights before. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, just, I couldn't believe it when that, uh, terrible. Is, is, there, is there a moment in the, in, the, in the years that you worked with him, is there a moment in, in, the, in, the, in the studio or, or just hanging around that stands out for you that is somehow emblematic of who you knew him to be? Many of them, actually, many yeah. moments, many... Yeah. When he strikes up with his with his vocal, you know, we, we've already written the song and that, and we've got the backing down. Uh -huh. And when he strikes up with his vocal, well, there's no mistaking what that's about. It's mm -hmm. Tom Petty, and he's doing his his thing. Yeah. And, and he was always so cool. He managed to keep it cool always. Mm -hmm. He never strayed over that line where he was uncool. Always great. I loved Tom so much, and uh, it was a terrible shock, obviously, to everybody, I'm sure. But I, I knew him kind of pretty well, and uh, and it was uh, just devastating, really. Yeah. Um, so, in the film, you you talk about things yet to be done and and things you want to you you still want to do. What what are you thinking about these days? Where what, what do you want to be doing? I just like, I love messing with music, you know, basically. That's what I do. That's all I've ever done since I was 18, you know, and it's quite a long time ago now. <laughs> and I just love it, you know, I still yeah. love it. I have the same passion, probably a little bit lazier than I was, but I will go at something until I get it, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, get this mm -hmm. bastard. You know, if it takes me months but and i love doing that I, yeah. I love chasing that tune and that melody and that that set of words that fits right on the good bit where you so you can you know you can have a a real nice melody that's got good words and they all come at the right place that's the hardest bit yeah. of all of it still find still finding the, the the unusual chords that go together. oh i love chords yeah chords are my my thing you know i just love chords and I, I would just, I do sit there 
searching out chords and I, f I still find new ones, which I can't believe. <laughs> and I go, where the hell was that hiding all these years? <laughs> you know, because it's only one piece of wood that big. So how many times can you miss it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So we got we got time for one or two questions from uh, from the assembled throng here. Yes, sir, right here. I thought the cover of uh, Roll Over Beethoven for the encore was perfect. How did you decide to uh, to do that number? To decide to do Roll Over Beethoven, you know, it was a long, long time ago. It was one of the first things I thought of being like a pseudo or semi pseudo classical influenced pseudo rock and roll. Uh, pop, <laughs> pseudo, um, you know, whatever. I wanted, I thought, what a perfect song for for a, to introduce some classical strings into a rock and roll number it is Roll Over Beethoven because of Beethoven's fifth. And that's all it was. It was the simplest idea I've ever had, and it was a good one because I still we still do the same encore forty five years later. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You could say, what not you? And it, a new one, <laughs> and it's still and it's still killing them. Yes, right here. Hi, uh, yeah, the uh, the Beatles anthology. Yeah. There was a third song, now and then. Yeah, there was a third song. It was never really on the table to do. We were only going to ever do two, two songs. But the the one that was the third one, um, we sort of worked a little bit on it, and and then George decided. George didn't like it very much. He thought. It's not really good, is it? You know, and that, that's what Paul said. Anyway, he told me that. <laughs> there, was some, there was some guy on the internet who finished it off, and I wondered if you heard it. No, I never have heard it, no. Oh, it's okay. Was it all right? Yeah, it was sound like you did. Huh? Really? I'll have to check that out. No, you'll have to, you'll have to, way, way in the back, yes, sir. You plan to do a tribute to Tom Petty on your new album? Tribute to Tom on the new record. Uh, do I play on tribute to Tom? Yeah, on the new record. Will you, will you do anything in tribute to Tom? Oh, I see. Now, I haven't thought of that yet, yet, but I've got, like, probably another five or six to, to record yet. Um, I could, maybe. That's a, that's a nice idea. Thank you for that idea. Yeah, yeah, right here. Jeff, many people have, have covered your songs in the past, some of your older ones, from like, from like The Move, when Cheap Trick did uh, California Man. Have you ever thought about pulling some of those out of the bag and do some of your idol race songs or <laughs> roof songs? Oh, now you're going well, back. You are. 1893. <laughs> I think that was, that was before electricity. And before gas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but um, not really, because actually California Man wasn't one of my songs. That was a Roy Wood song. Um, I did the other side, Do Ya, which... which they switched and made that the A side, eventually. But um, I've got no real desire to do any more of the old ones. Uh, you know, if I listen to them again, maybe for a, you know, just have a, a session listening to them all, there might be one that, that, that I would like to do, or two. But we'll you see. know, it's all kind yeah. of, it's all we got, old. We got, we got time for one or two more. Yes, sir, right here. Now that you've had a few decades your favorite ELO albums? Favorite ELO albums? Yeah. Um, I would probably say that... Uh, I would have to say that 
Out of the Blue is probably my favourite, but I also like On the Third Day, which is an, an early one. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I like that because it's so different. It's quirky and it's not like anything else. So we've got time for one more. Yes, right here. So the, an idol race reunion. They, they could. There's three of them. <laughs> they could. That, I'd love it. Which you means know. you may still get to go to England. You just won't see Jeff. Well, I might pop up for one number, you know. Yeah. The skeleton on the roundabout. Oh, very, <laughs> very meaningful lyrics. There you, you go. You've got to be careful. <laughs> so last, uh, la- last question. Um, ELO was uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm wondering, and deservedly so, and I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm, what does that kind of recognition mean to you? It's just very nice to be in a club where the only amount of, the amount of people, when they sent me a letter like saying, you, congratulations, you're one of 823 people ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. People, not groups. Yes. So I felt quite privileged to be in that bunch, mm. you know, considering Chuck Berry's in it mm. and the Beatles and the, everybody you've ever heard of. <laughs> so I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, all I know is it, it's, it's, it's a terrific film. Um, uh, the, the music is, is undeniable. We could not be more pleased that you took the time to bring the film and come and talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks, Scott. Jeff Lynn. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. You gotta love that story about the early ELO shows. It sounded like chaos and an awful lot of fun. Jeff is out touring with ELO this year, and I highly encourage you to go see a show. Short of that, check out the recent concert film, Wembley or Bust, and you'll know every song. And that's your required listening for today. Keep the conversation going with us. We're on all the socials at Grammy Museum. If you're coming to Los Angeles, I hope you'll visit us. All the information is at our website, grammymuseum.org. Finally, thanks to the team that brings you required listening. Justin Joseph, Jim Canella, Lynn Sheridan, Miranda Moore, Callie Weissman, and Michael Rohrabacher. Until next time... I'm Scott Goldman. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. 